Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome. To stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. A man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Welcome in to another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. Thank you for that. Keep doing it. Do more of it. Dig deep. Play with pain. Put your hand in the dirt. Give not 100%. Give 110%. In fact, give 120%. How about that? We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An old friend, a good friend, a handsome friend, our go-to person in the media for all things NBA and Halloween. His name is Tim Legler. Let's get right to it. Legs! Stupidity! Coming up right now. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. So we have 
always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh, folks, gather around. Everyone gather around, listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me, you bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's happening, boys? Thank you for doing this, my man. Of course, man. Of course. Did you move, Tim? Uh, about a year ago and bought this place where I'm at right now, which is near Tampa. Did the uh, the decorations make it down with you or has man, that I got a gr- I got a No, I got a great story about that. Yes, they did because th- that property in Mullick Hill was a good setup for that, right? We had a lot of, lot of property, a lot of front area of the house, big yard in the front. Uh, this house, not as much, so we're, it's going to be interesting. We didn't break them out last year because we, we spent the fall in New Jersey because my wife gave birth in November. So we were up there for Halloween. This year, we'll be down here, and I took all that stuff down on a moving truck, and it's in a storage facility offshore. And the day I moved it in, I will never forget it. I'm unloading this truck, and I'm coming off with a hand truck, and I got, like, you know, uh, Jason Voorhees, like, stood up on a hand truck. <laughs> It's coming down. I don't even know how many skeletons I'm unloading. And, of course, you've seen all the stuff we have. And there's a couple. There's, like, a couple probably in their 70s. And they're in their storage unit, which is, like, two down from mine. And they're, like, going through looking for probably, like, a lamp that they that they needed to get to the house. And they see this dude going by him with all this carnage and body parts and just death and horror. And they didn't say anything to me, but every time I went by – they both stopped, stared, saw what was on my cart, and they just went back about their business. I know that they thought I have to sell that stuff. Like, this guy must be, he owns some sort of Halloween shop or something because nobody has that much Halloween stuff. But right now it's crammed into a storage facility here near my house, uh, near Tampa, and it will be coming out this year in this neighborhood for the first time. They do not know what's about to hit them. Wow. I love that they probably think, hey, new guy in town opening up a Halloween costume shop. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, it's you think about it, we came down here, you know, we're still kind of uh, going through a lot with the pandemic. They might have been thinking, ah, oh, poor guy, his Halloween business went out, of, you know, went under, and he's got to store this stuff for a while before he reopens. Did you get a sneak peek? I know you said you were up there last November. Did you get a sneak peek of the neighborhood? Did you sense that there's anything like this going on around you, or are they in for a rude awakening? 
big time rude awakening. Apparently, I've been told by my realtor, I've become pretty good friends with down here, uh, that they get into it in Tampa. Like Halloween's a big deal in in Florida in general, yeah, but in is. this community. But there are a good number of younger kids again in this community. Like I mm. first experienced when I moved to the one up in Jersey. And I know that those people did not like me a lot for a couple of years because <laughs> of what their kids were experiencing. So we're going to, we're going to see how it goes year one. Apparently I also heard there's one house in here that goes like complete next level, maybe even like, a, you know, surpassing our uh, lunacy. No. Wow. And I'm, so I'm, I'm curious to see if that becomes a competitive thing. We haven't met the owners yet. Game on, Billy. I like that. I think competition is going to bring the best out of yes. you, you know, because there you may have been, I don't want to say it, but there may have been some complacency with you towards the end there in New Jersey. You got lazy. Yeah. 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 There's no, there's no question. I went, I went, I went a year, you know, where I didn't really add to the repertoire. I just yeah. kind of, you know, sometimes you just, sometimes you just, you know, you just roll out there and you just, you know, you, there's not anybody challenging you. And no. so now, yeah, that, that, that actually, that's kind of a scary thought. Good change of scenery. Somebody's going to yeah. get yes. my, the hair up on my neck about Halloween. Now you got a real yeah. problem. We might actually have some crimes committed this year. There's Brady no needs his manning. Exactly that's right. Exactly yeah. right. hundred percent. No doubt. Listen, I know it's June. The NBA finals are going on, but I sense you have never been more excited for a Halloween than you are for this Halloween. It is like it's the first Halloween for you, Legler. You know, it, it along the, uh, the the Brady reference, you know, I, I think it's it's basically last year I took a year off. Mm, I mean, that's right. what we did be, because right. because, you know, we were expecting and and we we had sold that that property. Yeah. We weren't down here. You can't do it at the shore house. There's just no room at the shore house. So. Mm. I took a year off from Halloween and it actually has completely reinvigorated me. So this is, <laughs> this is, this is bad news for everybody out there. Oh, what's, what's going to be unleashed. Have you scattered out the neighbors yet? Have you done like any of that? Like, do you know they're oh, going to yeah. be annoyed with you? Yeah. You're going to go, you're going to go the extra mile to make sure they hate you. Correct. No, oh, there's no question about Good. it. We Good. even have, yeah. we have, we have in the front of our community, we have a pretty good sized pond when you come in off to the right. Oh. And there's a there's a there's about an eight nine foot gator that lives in that pond that is constantly out on the banks of the house that abuts it. It's it blows my mind a little bit because there's two Shih Tzus that live in that house and they have no fence. And I've seen that gator less than ten feet from the side of the house just yeah. resting there on the bank. It's the weirdest thing. But I'm thinking about somehow incorporating the gator. Yes. Into uh, you know what we do. <laughs> if I get uh, if I get that thing trapped and dressed up, I, it will be an all timer. I know, but legs, be careful. It's mating season, so yeah. gators they're going from you know you know like pond to pond. They're just trying to find. Is it a golf community? Wait a minute. Well, lake to lake, body of water to body of water. You know, no, it's not. But you know what? I know. I know what you're talking about. I read. Believe me, it's like yes. I think it's the scariest thing on earth. It's right. really if that's my bugaboo. I think it's the scariest creature ever created. Uh, yep. So. We have a huge lake in this community. People have boat slips and stuff. They water ski on that. And there's alligators in there. And they water ski on the lake. And I met a couple, and they're insisting they're going to get me out there. Their children, eight years old and under, water ski on a lake with alligators in it. What is wrong with people in Florida? Yeah, we don't care. Uh, Billy, I know that. Wait a minute. What happened there? How do you know? about gator mating season because it happens. So where I live in, in Parkland, we live on a golf course. And so 
they're trying to find a mate. It's mating season. Mm. They'll come out of the water and they just keep walking. And because they can't see straight, they stumble right into your house. I'm telling you, you've never had a gator stumble into your house. I haven't, but people in my community have. And Legler is shaking his head. Yes, because he knows exactly what it is I'm talking about. And he's new 100%. to the area. Thank you. I, mean, it's it's, sounds- I think it's I think I think uh, Stu Gatz, it's like is it like late mid, late April into June, right? That That's yes. mating season, basically. Yes. And that's when you say you're more likely to experience it, experience them in your everyday life because they're wandering around trying to find a mate. So is now the time to try to capture a gator because they're closer to your house or do you want to stay away because they may be like in heat or whatever? No, I think now is the time because they're coming out and they're walking right up to your house. So right. if you're not afraid of the gator, it's an easier time to catch a gator. Yeah. Well, I just saw I just saw the other day and, and this was you know, for years. I'm telling you, it's, it's like I'm terrified of these things. And for years, I've always followed these stories in Florida. Person comes out and it's under the car or it's like the yes. other day there was one, I think two weeks ago, maybe in Odessa, a 13 foot gator on the dude's front porch. And he hears a noise out there and then he's he showing videotaping. And he comes from the, like the front door to the little side window and goes like this. And there's a 13 foot alligator curled up basically on his, uh. on his doormat, just like laying there. I think if you don't get the actual gator, maybe get like a motorized gator. You know what I mean? Like get a replica gator right. and then put like oh, a God. little, Remote control and have that chase some people around. That's you know actually I mean? not. That's actually not yeah, bad. Right. Because you're terrified of the real gators. So, I mean, no, and what, we what, care about last, your legs. Right. Hey, and one, one last gator story. So when we first moved in, bought the house in like a year ago, and there was a there was a barbecue uh to like a community thing they do every year. So hey, we thought, hey man, great opportunity to meet our neighbors. We go and it's at this park that's literally probably a hundred yards away from our, our house. It's a park, they all gather, it was nice, nice event, but there's all of a sudden, people start looking out, and there's you can see it maybe 20 yards offshore. You see the eyes right in this lake. And I'm going, Oh my God, look at that thing. And guess what? There's about 15 kids there, age 12 to 15. One of the boys goes over to the pier right there and does a backflip into the water. What? Into the lake. The thing is no more than 20 yeah. yards away. And and and, the, and I'm flipping out. And the people are like, it's just a baby. Yeah. I said, something gave birth to that thing. <laughs> something much bigger yeah <laughs> yeah is lurking beneath like keeping an eye on junior i mean what do you what, what kind of explanation is that oh it's just a little one are, are you kidding me and they, they proceeded to just continue this like just jumping into the water and i I'm, i just was literally so stunned and flabbergasted by the fact it's one thing to do it and you say oh we've seen them before but usually way out in the center of the lake the thing was sitting right there staring at them and they went in the water, these kids, and the parents did not care. I, I was just blown away. Have you given any thought to the fact that these are the people you're going to try and scare come October? Ooh, right. You know, that would be the irony, right? If they're not afraid of that, but they get all creeped out by a dude with a mask and a machete jumping out of the bushes. That's, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, what a hypocrite. That's the way, mm. that's the way I would look at it. Legs, I think like you're new to the area. You need to start going to Tampa Bay Lightning games and act like you've been there since day one. Like the biggest fan in the history of the Lightning and the Rays and the Buccaneers for that matter as well. It's title town. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. And I've been downtown a number of times here. And I, it's especially during the playoffs the last two years with the Lightning. And I was I, I, I look, I, I'm not a huge hockey fan. I had no idea that like they were that big into it down here. I mean, Game night down in that area by the water, it's it's all you see. I mean, it's just white Tampa Bay Lightning jerseys everywhere, uh, and they're super into. We came here. I was so depressed actually when Brady 
retired, right? We bought that house. It's like, well, are you kidding me? We're not going to see. I want to go to a Tampa Bay Bucks game next year and see Brady. I've seen him two or three times against my team, Washington. I even saw him in New England against Washington. I saw him last year. We beat him in, in D.C., but I wanted to see him at home in Tampa. I'm so glad he's coming back. You didn't move down there to see Kyle Trask. Let's put it that way. No, yeah. I did not. That's right. right. You got that right. You got that right. Uh, Legs, we have a big game three NBA finals, uh, Celtics and Warriors coming up. What's been kind of overall, what have been your takeaways from the first two games uh, back at Golden State? Yeah, I think, first of all, the fourth quarter of game one was as shocked as I can remember being in a big game in a big moment. Crazy. Because because Golden State completely had that game under control, right? They dominate the third quarter, which they typically do. They get a double-digit lead. They just don't don't blow games like that at home. So what happened in that game, the combination of making a three pretty much every time down the floor combined with pushing Golden State further and further out on the court, not letting him run anything, like that was, I called it the next day, a perfect 12 minutes of basketball because I really think that's what Boston played. And people were starting to flip. I picked Golden State, by the way, uh, full disclosure, to win the series in seven games. And people started flipping out the next day. It's over. It's over. They can't beat them. And I'm like, well, let's let's wait a second. Let's see game two. Here's my takeaway now. I actually feel really good if I'm Steve Kerr. Now, you don't want to lose any game at home. Obviously, you gave up home court. But here's the thing. Their best player is the best player in this series. And he has been operating at that level despite the fact that Jordan Poole has not gotten close to full throttle. He's get, he has a young guy. He's getting his feet wet for the first time in the finals. He looked terrified in game one. Much better in game two, and he will get better as the series goes. And Clay Thompson hasn't put a stamp on anything yet offensively, and yet, despite that, Steph Curry is still doing his thing. And I think that's a great sign for Golden State because I do think that Clay Thompson is going to have a huge moment in either game three or game four where he gives you 25-30. I believe it's, it's going to happen. Curry continues to play the way he is. I think they get a split in Boston, make it a best of three, two out of those three in a building in which they've only lost one uh, playoff game so far at home, which was the other night. I still think Golden State is a great chance. So I'm taking a lot of solace if I'm a Warriors fan in the fact that, hey, our offense, we're still putting up enough points to win despite these guys not playing well. And most importantly, Steph Curry is doing his thing against the number one defense in the league. I think those are all good indicators for the Warriors. I'll get to Steph in a second. I'm glad you brought up uh, Clay Thompson. What's the biggest difference? Because you're right. He's not right. He's not the same Clay. What's the biggest difference as far as you've seen uh, from Clay Thompson before the injury and now after the, I guess, two injuries now? He's having a little bit of a difficult time. And listen, as a guy that, you know, I, I tore three ligaments in my knee, came back from it, you know, nine months later, immediately shut it down after about five games and took another nine months. And I'm just telling you, the rest of my career, and I'm not saying this will be the case for Clay, and I'm not comparing myself to Clay Thompson. I know how much of a better player he is than me. I'm just saying, in terms of separating, when you run, when you cut, when you go off the dribble to your step back or your mid-range, your ability to separate, especially after almost a three-year layoff, is not quite there. He is not firing his legs the way that they were before all these injuries and this time off from the game. That, to me, combined with, I feel like every time he catches the ball, he's trying to make an entire game happen. He wants it that bad. He's pressing. He wants 
people to remember how great he is. And I, I saw that all throughout the regular season when he came back. And there were times, and I said to someone one night, I said, this is the first time in Clay Thompson's career I don't really like watching him play because he's trying so hard to make it happen. He's actually getting away from what makes him great, which is the organic nature in which he just runs around and does his thing and he catch and shooting. It's never forced. He's forcing everything right now. And I think that is compounding his situation with, with his shooting percentages and the off nights he's having. And it's hard to say, hey, just let it come to you. I understand, man. The guy's a Hall of Fame player and he wants so badly to have an imprint. But when you do that, things typically work the other way. So I think the combination of the two. But I do think, you know, based on the way he closed out the Dallas series, he's got one of those in him. And if he does it, one of these next two games in Boston, I think Golden State's going to have a great chance to win the series. You know, Legs, I appreciate you being humble there, but in today's NBA, I'm not certain you wouldn't be better than Clay Thompson. How about that? I mean, <laughs> have you thought about the millions of dollars you would have made if you played in today's NBA? You're one of the all-time well, listen, shooters, Legs. Listen, man, if, if, I, if I was born in today's era, regard, I could be exactly the same player that I was and I know this, I, my house would be five times as big. I can tell you that right now because there was a lot of money left on the table and the money, the dollars all started to change right around that time. So I look and I don't hate any of these guys, but when I see a Duncan Robinson, you know, get 90 million uh, to do what he does, which is run around, shoot threes primarily. I mean, I think 90% of his shots are three pointers. Yes. And, and then, and then ironically, the heat get to the playoffs and they're like, well, you know what? He's not quite, good enough to play in the postseason for us. It's bizarre to me uh, what happened with him. But I look, at, I look at those kind of numbers and you go, yeah, okay, good for you. And I just wish I was born 20 years later. That's all. I mean, Legler, you had back-to-back -back seasons where you were 52% from three. I mean, you would have made that, $180 million. All right, I lied. My house would not be five times bigger. It would be six <laughs> times bigger. I lied. I lied because, because I think that's basically – Nowadays, right, you go in for a negotiation on a new contract and you have that kind of shooting percentage. Do, do you even speak or do you just slide a piece of paper with 52.2 on it yes. across to the GM, right? And yes. Goes, What's that worth in yes. today's basketball when we're taking 45 threes a night? What are you going to pay a guy that makes more than half of them? I mean, you know, so that's how I would look at that. Um, listen, I showed that to Billy 52% back to back years. He was shocked. That's you know crazy. how good Tim Legler was? <laughs> 52%. <laughs> yeah, I Legler. Was, hey, hey, the year that I shot 52 too, it was, it's funny because uh, Steve Kerr and I were same era, same age. I mean, we, we competed against each other all those years. Uh, 52 2 that year, I believe if I had just made two more threes, two, two balls that year that didn't go in. I mean, right. that, that, that didn't go in, that, that had gone in, that would have been the single-season record for three-point percentage. But as it was, Kerr had, like, I think 52-3 or 52-4, whatever it was. I was 52-2. And now I think since then it's been surpassed. I actually think Kyle Korver one year in Utah did it when he had barely qualified for minimum number of attempts, but he did it. Um, and so, guys, your shooters pay attention to that stuff, but I, I almost set the single-season record. I just missed it. You're so mad at Kerr. I mean, you're bitter. You can, I could sense it. And you Duncan are. Robinson. Oh, you and can, Duncan you, can Robinson, you tell? too. Yeah, Who's the guy, like, sticks in your cross? And Duncan Robinson, yeah. is that the guy? You're, you're like, hey, I'm fucking better than that guy. Duncan yeah, Robinson, on. please. <laughs> come on. I'm going to – listen, I'm, de I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this. I want more than anybody to get paid 
is the dude that shoots threes at a high percentage. I want those guys <laughs> to get all the money. Um, so I really don't – I really – listen, I don't dwell on it, but when I watch the game, it's impossible not to think about, you know, the level of expertise that you had and how much pride you took in, in you know, making a certain percentage. And now I think, I think what we label good shooters has changed the definition of it. I think the percentages have come down and what we consider a guy to be a good three-point shooter. When I played, you better be in the upper 40s minimum to be considered one of the elite shooters in the league. I think that standard has changed a little bit, but I want all those guys to get paid. He's such a better person than we are. I'd be. And, it's uh, like when it's like so having mad. the winning lotto numbers right. two draws before. Yes, <laughs> I'd be so upset. <laughs> you bring your ticket in. I had this. I had this two times ago. <laughs> Leckler had the game. He had the game. He had today's well, game. Well, it's it's a well, listen, years the ago. bottom line is I, the bottom line is I've got an excellent therapist. Okay, so I've got you know <laughs> I've spent a lot of money on my uh, PTSD from all of the uh, money. That that these guys get paid. So it, she talks me down. That's the bottom line. She talks me off the ledge. But I legs, I think on, in the right situation on the right team, you could still give maybe 15 <laughs> points a game. I mean, you're that you were that great of a shooter. You agree, right? I think I think, listen, here, here's here's what would have been fascinating to me. Okay. So you saw you you mentioned some of the percentages I shot. And here's the thing. What is it like to play completely? Um, unencumbered by the thought process of, is this a good shot or not? <laughs> because that, think about like my era, right? You, you weighed that, like you weighed that, like, okay. I, and even for a guy like me, like, yeah, I had the green light to shoot a three, but the way we processed what was a good shot was totally different. <laughs> like I would, couldn't contemplate fanning out to the three point line on a three on one break. Like you would never consider doing it. So I would love to know if you release that part of your brain, like you had a you had a, a, a bad shot lobotomy, so you didn't even know there was such a thing as a bad shot, because I think that's <laughs> what we're talking about in today's NBA. What would that have translated to, you know, for me, the freedom, you know, that, that you would have had to just go out there. Yeah, man, every time you touch it, shoot it. We don't care. Oh, what? Right. Okay, let's see if this is any fun. Yeah, I mean, so that, that part of it, I watch some nights and I go, man, I couldn't imagine to have that kind of freedom, man. Just go shoot. It doesn't matter because they're going to take 45 of them. We're going to take 50 of them. So what's one or two? Who cares? Just shoot it. Let it fly. Uh, I mean, I feel I really think these guys are in, a, in an incredible era that shoot the basketball. It's a disgrace. They're making a mockery of the art that you refined, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> it. I feel like That's if you don't come to back it. to the NBA, maybe maybe join like the big three league or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Light it up. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. I don't listen. Here's the thing. I, I'll still go outside right now. I'll find any court, outdoor, indoor, whatever. I'll pick up a ball. Give me five minutes, ten minutes to warm up. I'm still mm. gonna make a really high percentage. The difference is it's gonna be from one spot. I don't, I don't quite get open like the way that I used to. Yeah, it's funny. So the off-ball movement, right? <laughs> uh, so I have, a bas I have a basketball camp I've done now for 15 years in South Jersey. I'm really proud of a really big camp. And if you go back over the years and just take a look, like when I first started doing the camp, I would literally do a 40, 45-minute shooting talk. And half of that, at least, I was running around with someone feeding me and doing the same exact drills I did as a player. And over time... It's gotten to the point 
I'm like, okay, I still want to wow these kids because I want them to see like, my God, how often the ball goes in. It's like a machine. But now it's just like top of the key, like bang, bang, bang. Because if I start running around, it's immediate. Like I'll get (laughs) winded or like my knees start to hurt. So it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to it right here. Well, at least you didn't just have a kid because those are easy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, a hundred threes right now, legs. How many are you hitting? Hundred threes. Man, hundred threes. Give me, give me, you know, 15 minutes to warm up. Right. If I don't make, if I don't make 65, 70, I'd be disappointed. Jesus Christ. Same spot though. Right. We can't move. Yeah. Same spot. Right. Same spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right. Not, not, uh, not, not running around. Now here's, you know, I'm 55 years old, five years ago on my 50th birthday. I, they were like, what do you want to do today? My kids, my wife, I said, I want to go to the gym and I want to make 53s and I want to see how long it takes me to make 53s. And my daughter was rebounding for me. My wife is videotaping it. And the first time I did it, 50 for 54. Wow. Jesus Holy Christ. And, and here's the problem. The record button was not hit. Oh, whose fault? <laughs> whose fault was that? Mine. Wow. Mine. I had the phone. I set it up because I, 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 I talked first. I pressed it. I said something. I thought I pressed it. I, I, I did my thing. Set it up. Here's what I'm going to do. Here we go. Handed it to my wife. She just turned recorded it. I get done. I go over there. I go, I go, oh, that's pretty good. Right. My daughter's like, Oh my God. Yeah. You only missed four shots. I go over there. Nothing recorded. So I oh, did it again. Right. Did it again. And I went 50 for 57. Wow. Okay. Record so button on. Not, yeah. Record button. Oh, record button good. was on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Record button was on. The legs. I'll and trust again, was, you on the 50 and 54. I don't need a record button. I trust you 50 and 54. It was, it was stationary. It, I, I'm, like I said, not moving around. Like not doing the things I used to do. That's okay though. Uh, do you believe, do you buy into the theory that Steph Curry needs to win a finals MVP to validate what has already been a hall of fame, great career? You don't buy it? No, no, not at all. I don't, I don't buy it at all. I mean, I think for me, uh, and I look, this is not in any way taken away from Andre Iguodala, but and I remember covering that series and I might actually get this written on my tombstone when I die. Steph Curry should have been the finals MVP of that series because <laughs> Weird the one thing it is, it's an odd tombstone. It's a very strange. One. I appreciate yeah. it. It's great. It's, it's a like hot a, take. You think yeah. he'd go 50 for 54. <laughs> on I mean, it. you can put it on your fake tombstones for Halloween, but on your personal one, that seems odd. <laughs> no, but he's got me thinking mine's going to be Kevin Durant. Never won a championship. Wow. <laughs> yeah, see, listen, listen, we all have that one bugaboo statement, right? That we want to, that we want to like fall on the sword over. And that's the one for me, because I look at that and I say, man, People just discounted the fact that that entire series, everything Steph Curry did, enabled the weak side of the floor to play three on two, two on one. So, look, I understand Andre Iguodala guarded LeBron James and his shooting percentage wasn't great, but LeBron still averaged like 40 points a game in that series. And Iguodala did make some important shots, but everything they did was created by Steph Curry drawing two guys with him off a ball screen, dragging them to the other side of the court with his dribble, reversing it to Draymond Green, and letting them play two-on-one on the weak side or three-on-two. And then these guys were taking practice shots. And I just – and P.J. Carlissimo and I were doing the post game when they won it, and we both 100% agreed on what we had just seen. So, I, look, and I don't – like I said, I don't want to take away – it's like I said, said many times, for me – I don't like when people get awards and saying, well, they don't deserve it because this guy deserved it. I don't like doing that. I just think for me, that's where my vote would have gone. Um, you know, I don't like sitting in the back of a church and booing bridesmaids when they walk in on wedding day. You know, it's like, 
you know, this must be a special day for these people. Right. It would be fun, you know, but (laughs) it's totally something Legler would do too. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, no question. There's no no doubt about it. That's why I've never understood people being allowed in the building on draft night. I don't get why you let people get booed on the biggest night of their life. It's the most bizarre thing in the world to me that we allow that to happen on the happiest day of your life. People are going to boo your happiness. Booing is so fun though, Legs. When's the last time you booed someone? It's so great. I can honestly say I don't think I've ever booed oh, anyone you in my lived. life. Uh, you, you haven't lived yet. Yeah, you uh, need put to. it on the hey, listen, man, If you haven't listen, booed, have you lived? <laughs> listen, man, you, you're talking to a guy that leaves my, you know, the football stadium of my team, which is now we're in our third team. So we're having an identity crisis right now right. Uh, in Washington. But I leave there. I mean, I mean I'm enraged. I'm enraged most right. weeks. But I will not boo. I don't boo. I don't mm. think. I don't think. I, I'm just one of those guys that thinks, what am I accomplishing Right now, I'm not affecting anything by doing that. So I'd rather just sit there with my beer and watch the game and leave most weeks like I do, disappointed. Uh, but now you're a Bucks fan, and most weeks uh, you'll have no reason to boo. You'll be fine. Um, listen, from a team perspective, though, I appreciate what you're saying. So Curry's basically already won a Finals MVP in your personal record book. I like that. It's on your tombstone. Uh, but for from a more, I guess, team standpoint, Kobe Bryant said the championships he won without Shaq were more important than the championships he won with Shaq because no one thought he could win the championships without Shaq. Now, the Warriors... They've already won one without Kevin Durant. But I feel like from a team perspective, they feel like they need to win a second championship without Kevin Durant to validate those three, the core, Clay, Draymond, Steph. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. And I think they're driven by that. I really do. I think, and for me, I believe if they win this championship, this is the crown jewel of Steph Curry's career. Yeah, Clay Thompson's career, Draymond's career, that entire group, the Steph Curry era, let's call it. This is the crown jewel because you can't find in history another situation like this where a team was that dominant, that good, five straight finals, and then everything happens. A guy leaves, a, a ton of injuries. They win 15 games. When they finally get everybody back, They've got a brand new supporting cast and they're all in their 30s and they do it again because I think this is not a one-off. They're on the verge of another run, mm. I really believe, over the next four to five years. And you could go back and look historically. It's never happened. If they're able to do what I just said, that has never happened in the history of the game. where Because usually you have one run. And look, it could be 12 years, like the Celtics back in the 60s. It could be you know, six and eight, like the Bulls had with Jordan leaving to play baseball for a couple of years. It could be three years like the Lakers had with Kobe and Shaq, whatever. The run lasts a certain amount of time and then it's over. You don't get another run. And especially when guys are now in their thirties, having dealt with all these injuries and, and a free agent like Kevin Durant leading. So this, this to me is the absolute cherry on the Sunday for this entire group. And they are so driven to do that because they know what it represents historically. Legs, if you were to give uh, Jason Tatum, like we all marvel at his game. Um, he he bounces kind of off the screen, that kind of talent. But if you were to sit down with Jason Tatum and say, hey, you need to work on this one thing, what would that thing be? I tell you what, I don't know that I can, I can anymore. There were two things, and he's addressed it. Uh, and it was he wasn't creative enough with his handle. He was mainly a straight-line dribble-drive guy, whether he got to the rim or stopped after two dribbles for a pull-up. He now has the ability because he can manipulate it with either hand. He'll go back and forth. He'll set guys up. 
He never did that before. So the work he's put into his handle is obvious. And then the other thing was the ability to beat you as a passer. He can finally do that. So honestly, I think he's as complete an offensive player as just about anybody in the league. And he, and he plays both ends. I just have a ton of admiration and respect for Tatum and what he's turned himself into. Like, I remember the Brooklyn series. He guarded Kevin Durant almost every minute he was on the floor. We just don't see that anymore. No, nobody, those guys are protected. You find somebody else, man. We pay this dude this amount of money to go out there and get in his jersey and eat up those fouls and do all that stuff because we need you fresh on offense. That mentality permeates the NBA. That series was refreshing because both of those guys took on that challenge, and Tatum likes that challenge. So he plays both ends. He's complete offensively. I don't know that there is something I can say. It's a matter of time. He has pulled his seat up to the table with the big boys, the Giannis's and the Jokic's, like MVPs or champions or both. That select group of guys, I think Tatum is right on the cusp of pulling his seat up to that table. It's a matter of time before he wins an MVP or a title. He might win a title this year. It's a matter of time before he gets an MVP as well. All right, we'll get you out of here on this note. Um, we have been having a discussion around our show, uh, professional getter of buckets. And you know what I mean, like a guy who could just go out and get you a bucket even today, right? Like Vinny Johnson would be that guy. Uh, if you needed a bucket, give me your top five guys you would go to to get a bucket. Top five professional getter of buckets. Of all time? Of all time, Yes. Oh, well, we I did this with Jamal Crawford, by the way. He might be one of them, you know? Jamal Crawford is 100% in, yes. in that group. Lou Williams is definitely in that group. Lou Williams, yes. speaking, you know, you talk about Tombstone. Lou's, Lou Williams is going to pop up out of his own casket and make one more shot before he lays <laughs> down for eternity. I really believe that. I mean, that, that, dude, that dude could score on anybody. Um, so you're, so that sounds to me like you're talking about guys that maybe that aren't necessarily uh, – Super sorry. You get the game. Yes, legs. You Our get all the game. Stars. I'm not looking for Kobe Bryant. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like the guys you were just talking about. Yes. Oh my God. You hit me on, put me on the spot. This is it's hard. Tough. It's tough. Vinny Johnson. Vinny Johnson's a really good one. Yes. Uh, because that's all he was getting paid to do. Listen, and I know, I know he's, I guess, a superstar, but I mean, I think there was a time you would probably put a guy even like Carmelo Anthony in that category. Yeah. Like, you need one bucket. Carmelo Anthony's going to get you to bucket. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of guys from my era that I considered to be, oh, oh no, not really the same. Del Curry, I say, was a good one, but he had to do it off the catch. But um, man, that's a, that's tough. It's just tough on short notice. I wish I had more time for that list because I would have come up with some ones you guys hadn't thought of. Totally fair. Think about it. Next time we have you on, we will uh, we will get your top five list of professional getters of uh, professional getters of buckets. Uh, Leg. So you have the Warriors winning this thing. Is oh that, wait, is... I got a good one. What real quick? Ricky Pierce. Ricky Pierce. Oh, Ricky Pierce is excellent. That is fantastic. That's what I'm talking about. Good player, not a guard. superstar player, but he can get you a bucket whenever he wants. Yep. Flat out, give him the ball anywhere inside 18 feet. The guy was as wide as a refrigerator. Played two guard, one of the strongest guys I ever played against. Great one. And you knew he was going to shoot a turnaround jumper in your face and you couldn't do anything about it. World be free would be another one. Oh, like that's not like that. bad. Yeah. Chris Jackson that's, would yeah, be another one. Yeah. <laughs> that's not bad. Bob McAdoo, I guess. Yes. I, you know, oh, yes. sounds like one of those guys. Uh, legs, just because our audience will care about your thoughts on this. Um, 
Pat Riley came out, said, you know, that he'd have to tinker, but Riley always says that. Do you feel like, because it's strange for me, if Tyler Hero is healthy, if Larry is healthy, I mean, the Heat were a basket away from advancing to the NBA Finals. I'm not certain they don't. I, like, I feel like they might have enough if Tyler Hero is healthy. But you know Riley, you know, you know how he likes to do it. Do you think if the Heat just stay put and they're healthy next year, do they have enough? Um, no, I don't think they do. No. And I'm a little bit concerned. I think I think the Tyler Hero point um, is valid at the end of the playoffs. Yes. But what about the beginning of the playoffs? I mean, the, the, he had a seven-point drop-off in the postseason from what he did in the regular season. So that's a little bit concerning um, to me. Because, listen, everything's going to pick up. And he's a very talented player, and he's six-man of the year in a landslide. Should have been unanimous. And yet, I think, can you still get into him physically a little bit? when the playoffs allow it. And I think that's something you need to look at. Kyle Lowry is another one. I say, okay, was this injuries? Or is this a guy that has literally thrown his body into the fray his entire career? There's never been a point guard in history more physical or has spent more time on the ground than Hmm. Kyle Lowry. And you look up now, he's in his 30s, has all of that just taken a toll in him where we're never going to see the same Kyle Lowry that you saw in Toronto. Right. And so that's a big part of this. Jimmy Butler obviously has proven he can rise to the occasion in the postseason. Bam Adebayo is another guy that you kind of scratch your head and go, well, what is he going to be in the postseason for us going forward? So I think there are absolute questions about this roster and do they have enough firepower that you know can navigate the physicality of the playoffs and be there night in and night out for a two-month run? not sporadically have bursts of great play, and then other times they're not really a factor in the game. The teams that win it, those key guys typically show up almost every night. And I don't know that we feel that way about the Miami Heat roster, so I think they do need to continue to look. Check him out all over ESPN's NBA Finals coverage and ESPN's NBA coverage. Legs, we know it's a, a very busy time for you uh, and you're moving. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and we will uh, come see you in Tampa for Halloween. <laughs> 100%. Cannot <laughs> wait to do it. Let's run it back. Stugouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.